RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather Studios here in Lawfather headquarters. Uh, and I know we missed a week, so I apologize for that, but we are back up and running. And those of you who are following along on TikTok, welcome. Uh, good to see you all. So I want to jump into a couple things, uh, a couple things that are uh, really kind of pertinent to what's going on right now. The, um, these plea deals just happened. Uh, it was either, I believe it was today, being that it's Monday. I don't think it was yesterday because uh, there's a whole lot of plea deals going on on uh, Sunday afternoons. And uh, those of you who are in Tampa, I hope you all had a great Gasparilla. Uh, the voice and the terribleness that you're hearing is not from uh, Gasparilla f- festivities, um, just uh, lingering cold. So um, apologize that it probably sounds really froggy and god awful but hey that's what we got to work with today so let's look at the Ahmad Arbery killing and the corresponding trial and the corresponding plea deal and you may be saying well if we had a trial why do we have a plea deal so something really i think interesting for us to take a look at so let's maybe start at the end and then work our way back but in order to work our way back and in order to start at the end, let's just get a little bit of an idea of what this case is and some of the initial facts, okay? So we're talking, and I believe it was kind of rural in where it happened. Um, happened in Georgia, happened in a subdivision in Georgia. Uh, it was in Atlanta, so it wasn't necessarily uh, a real urban setting, if you will, but more of a, a rural type setting. And... Um, Really, I feel like this case takes all the stereotypes that you would think of real down-home south in Georgia. I, I feel like this case really kind of embodies that that real typical stereotype. So you had Ahmaud Arbery, and he was out jogging. He was out jogging in a subdivision. And, uh, you know, it, seemingly nothing crazy going on, right? Just literally jogging. Uh, there was a house being built in this subdivision. And my, from what I gather, he stopped, kind of looked around inside and, and, you know, look, I, I, I would really think that a lot of us might do that, right? I mean, you see a house being built in your neighborhood, a little curious, kind of walk up on, on the property. Maybe you, maybe you go inside, take a look around. I mean, technically you're trespassing, Right. And, and I mean, we want to get hyper technical in Florida. It's a felony because it's a construction site. OK. Uh, whereas regular trespassing is a misdemeanor. So, you know, it, it's it's serious in a sense. Right. When you're trespassing on a construction site because it is a felony. You know, it, but are you harming anybody? Probably not. And, and I, I really think one of the reasons why it is a fe- it is a felony is because you can get hurt. There's dangerous things inside a construction site, right? And if we look at it from the personal injury side, you go into a construction site and you get hurt, you know, can you sue that person? And, and you know, the, the short answer is yes, you're going to be successful. The short answer to that is probably not because you are trespassing and trespassers have less rights. Um, but we're, we are really digressing from the point of where we're trying to get here, which, so you have Mr. Arbery, he is out 
jogging, stops at this at this house that's under construction, and these two guys, father and son, pull up in a pickup truck, a white pickup truck. So Ahmad Arbery is black. These uh, the two guys in the pickup truck are white, and they have someone behind them who is also white, who knows them and is in a pickup truck. Okay, and they decide they're going to make a citizen's arrest, which there are certain circumstances in Georgia where citizens arrests are allowed. So they decide because they see this black guy in the neighborhood. Let's just call it what it is. These white guys from Georgia saw a black guy running in their neighborhood and they decided that he must be up to no good. So they should stop him and see if he committed a crime while he was in their neighborhood and conduct a citizen's arrest, right? I, I mean, really, you can't make this stuff up. The stories I, I feel like in my experience between the law and law enforcement, the stories that seem the most far-fetched and the most, the times you go, really? Seriously? That's what you went with? Yeah, those are the most true, right? So as one of them described, right, and it was the third guy in back described during their trial that we had him trapped like a rat, that's the quote, okay? And so they have him trapped. They got the two pickup trucks, and he really doesn't have anywhere to go. They kind of pushed him down into a ditch. And one of the two guys, the father and son pair, one of them has a shotgun, points a shotgun at him. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess Mr. Arby threw some punches. I don't know. If I have nowhere to go and you point a shotgun at me, yeah, we're probably going to, you know, probably going to throw some punches probably going to do something to get that shotgun. Oh, I don't know. Not pointed at me. Yeah. I, I'm a little adverse to, um, being shot. And those of you following along on TikTok, every time Jason moves, our brand new camera follows along. So I don't know. Amazon 20 bucks. That's what you, you get, what you pay for on that, I suppose. But anyway, okay. This quasi fight ensues, right? And I say quasi, I don't even want to call it a fight, right? The white guys point a shotgun at him, and he throws some punches. They end up shooting and killing him. The third guy in back is filming the whole thing. So all of this shows up on video. So we have this really racially charged incident, right? And incident's probably short-selling it, but um, for lack of a better term, we got this incident that the black guy dies, shot by the two white guys in Georgia. Right, I feel like this is a movie from the 60s, and I wasn't around in the 60s, but I feel like this could have been a movie shot in the 60s. Anyway, so they go to trial. They have, and I remember when the trial first went on, there was a lot of talk about, well, the jury is predominantly white. Okay, well, the jury's supposed to be made up of your peers, okay? And my guess is, from what I gather in that area and in that county, it's a predominantly white county, so you do have that aspect. But, hey, Long story short, jury found all of them guilty, okay? So let's fast forward, and we're going to come back. We're going to fast forward to where we are today, which is a plea deal, right? So two out of the three, the father and son, have just accepted a plea deal for hate crimes on the federal level, okay? They were convicted in state court, and they accepted a plea deal today in federal court, all right? Now, it hasn't 
been signed, sealed, delivered. Judge hasn't, you know, banged the gavel, if you will. Okay, even though I've yet to ever, in all my years, seen a judge bang a gavel, even in federal court. Um, I know they have them up there somewhere. God knows why they have them there, but they're there, right? They could bang them if they want. But anyway, um, judge hasn't signed off on it yet, so it's not truly finalized. But by and large, it is finalized. Okay, and let's look real quick at what the federal hate crime is because. Georgia at the time did not have a hate crime law. Okay, they just didn't. It didn't exist. Georgia didn't have it. So they do now. And actually they do as a result of this particular case. But what it is, is in the U.S. Code, says that whoever, whether or not acting under color of law, willfully causes bodily injury to any person or through the use of fire, a firearm, a dangerous weapon, or an explosive or incendiary device attempts to cause bodily injury to any person because of the actual or perceived race, color, religion, or natural national origin of any person. Okay? So, look, what we have there is this, and I, and I think this is kind of an important thing to point out. If you kill somebody with your bare hands, the federal statute doesn't apply. Okay? And there's kind of an important reason for that, is in order for the feds to come in and basically step on state law, there has to be interstate commerce. And if you look at this, it, it all, it, it all relates to interstate commerce, right? And what happens is, is you have a firearm and the firearm is purchased across state lines and that's how they get interstate commerce. They were in a vehicle. That vehicle is manufactured somewhere across the state lines and is sold, right? That's how you get a, get over that burden of having to show that, hey, this affected interstate commerce, and this is why the feds can pick it up, okay? Another piece that the U.S. government has to prove is that the state, the state, so in this case, Georgia, does not have jurisdiction and that the state has requested that the federal government assume jurisdiction. Well, if you don't have a law, okay, then you can't have jurisdiction, right? And then you can ask the feds, at least in this particular case, because that's the way this is worded, for the, the U.S. government to take over, right? Now, look, one of the things that I'm seeing here is uh, Mr. Arbery's family is upset that, that these guys took a plea and that the, the U.S. attorney put a plea deal on the table, okay? Because, well, they're going to serve their time in federal prison and not state prison. Prison's prison, okay? Not a place I think that any of us want to go. And, uh, you know, I am pretty sure that a couple of guys convicted of a hate crime are not staying at the same minimum security prison that uh, the owner of Enron is uh, staying at, right? It's, it's really not club fed, right? And yeah, okay, that's the running joke, right? Club fed, it's, it's easy time. Well, yeah, is it probably easier than uh, state prison? I mean, if we look at Florida, Florida state prisons don't have air conditioning. At least the feds have air conditioning. Um, so there is that aspect. But I'll tell you what, there's, there's, yeah, Jason's laughing. Yeah, there's, that's actually true. Florida prisons do not have air conditioning. Don't commit a, don't commit a state crime in Florida. P public service announcement. If you're going to commit a crime in Florida, make it be fed so you can have air conditioning. Okay. Um, so anyway, and uh, <laughs> so, wow, we got off uh, on a tangent there, but 30 years, 30 years in federal prison, okay? Oh, by the way, after they finish those 30 years, they have life in prison followed by no parole or 
Um, not followed by no parole because parole doesn't follow life in prison, but life in prison without parole. So 30 years, federal prison, guaranteed conviction, right? Guarantee guilty, right? Guarantee adjudication of guilt, right? Because look, there's different ways you can chop it up. You can be not guilty. You can have a withhold of adjudication or you can be adjudicated guilty, right? The two ends of the spectrum, really easy to follow. Not guilty? Well, you're not guilty. You they didn't have enough evidence to prove that you did it, right? It's not innocent. That's different. There's actually no such thing, right? Or you have guilty on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, we had enough evidence to show that you did it. Or you have this weird purgatory in the middle of a withhold of adjudication, which is just saying something happened. You're getting punished some way, somehow, for it, but you're not going to prison. You're not going to jail. Right, because if you go to prison or jail, you have to have an adjudication. Okay, so that's how that part of it works. So the the U.S. attorney gets two convictions out of the deal, thirty years for each of them, fed time, followed by life in prison, state time, no parole. To me, that's a win because here's the deal. So let's take a look back. Okay, now we started at the end. Let's go back to the middle because we went to the beginning to explain how it all happened. They had a trial. The defendants, the white guys, lost in trial. All right. The father, son, who were the two in the first pickup truck, and one of the two of them are the one who pulled the trigger. Okay. They were both convicted with life in prison, no possibility of parole. Boom. Done. See you later. You're not going to see the light of day again. The third guy, the one who did the videotaping, but who also drove up behind and made himself part of it, also got life in prison, but he got the possibility of parole, okay? Um, look, not a, not a place that I'd want to be. And um, you know, to take a step back and, and look at the federal part for a second, I'm pretty sure that uh, I don't want to be a white guy in a federal prison that has been charged with a hate crime on a black guy. I'm just saying I don't think that ends well. Okay. Um, I would say that probably puts you, you know, pretty close to those convicted of uh, child sex crimes. Okay. In terms of how easy your time's going to be in prison. I don't want to go to prison anyway. I don't want to, definitely don't want to go to prison for that. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, if you've seen Oz before, you know, that might be a good indicator. But yeah, I, I mean, look, there, there's some stereotypes about prison that are true. And, uh, you know, look, some stereotypes are stereotypes because you're true. And I think, uh, prison holds a lot of those. So, um, and they might not be in Georgia when they go to federal prison. So they could be somewhere else and they could be in for a little bit of an interesting time. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, the state trial, right. And the state trial was a trial. Okay. So it went all the way to a jury. And anytime you have a case that goes all the way to a jury, right? You have a lot of things that there's objections, there's rules of law that are made by the judge, okay? What does that all mean? It means it's all appealable, okay? You, I would be hard-pressed, I, I, and look, nothing's ever an absolute, but I'd love for somebody to find me a case where it was completely ironclad, there were no objectionable issues. There were no appealable issues. There were no rules of law that could that the judge ruled on that could have gone a different way. 
Okay, I don't think it exists, and I think it's the way our laws are and how things are interpreted and everything else. So that part doesn't really exist in real life. Okay, so that said, you have this trial, goes to a jury, all three of them convicted. All right, guess what? They could appeal. Most likely, are appealing if they haven't already. Look, life in prison. You're filing an appeal. You're not just, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, in the NFL, you get fined for a necessary roughness and you just get a, you know, you get a slap on the wrist, $1,000 fine because it was your first time and you really didn't mean to do it, right? And maybe the ref was, uh, you know, a little flag happy, right? And you go, yeah, I'll just take it. I'm not going to appeal that, right? Whereas, hey, you're going away for life. Yeah, you're probably going to appeal that. And you could win. (laughs) You really could because it's less about, how people feel about the case. There's no jury involved in an appeal. It's a judge. It's a panel of judges looking at the law. Was the law followed? And if it was not, what's the ramifications and what should happen? Okay. So keep that in mind because you know what is very, very, very difficult to appeal? A plea deal. Okay. You plead guilty, right? Or no contest. You take a plea deal right? Ends the case. Very, very, very difficult to appeal. Basically, okay, and look, there's exceptions to every rule, and I don't do appellate work, okay, especially on the, I don't do any appellate work, okay, but my understanding on the criminal side, the only thing that you can appeal is an illegal sentence. So as long as that sentence wasn't illegal, it's not appealable. Okay, and you have something like in Florida, something like seven or 10 days, or maybe 30 days. It's something really, really short, right? But the sentence has to be illegal. And they ask you all these questions as you're doing your plea. Like, are you satisfied with the services of your attorney? Do you understand everything that I've explained to you? And the judge explains every little bit. You have the right to an attorney. You have the right to a trial. You have a right to, to have a jury decide this. Do you understand the charges against you? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I accept your plea. How are you going to come back and go, ah, but I really didn't understand what was going on. Did the judge ask you? Yeah, you did, but uh, I didn't understand. Well, too bad, right? It's like that contract that you signed that you never read, right? Those uh, end user license agreements that you everybody clicks yes to, and then they click the okay button, and uh, they have no idea what they've given up and given access to, Right? Kind of the same thing. You can't go back and go, well, I didn't know that because I really didn't read that, right? Same thing on a plea deal. I I really didn't know what I was doing. Well, you had every opportunity to ask your attorney and you didn't, right? And it's, they call it a a, a um, colloquy, um, I believe, when they they do all the, the plea stuff. I don't know. I got one tomorrow, so I should probably know the actual name of it. But anyway, the judge goes up and asks a bunch of questions and they put it on the record, right? And it's it's just extremely hard to appeal. So here's the thing. By putting a 30-year plea deal out in front of these two guys, okay? And my guess is they offered it to all three, right? But only two have accepted at least at this point in time. That's not to say the third won't, but something, but something, Right? You have guaranteed, but something is this, you have guaranteed that these guys will serve significant amount of time in prison because 
God forbid there's an appeal and they win the appeal, that life in prison goes away. Most likely they get retried, okay? But hey, you never know. You never truly know what's going to happen with a jury, okay? You can have the best case in the world and lose, okay? It's just, it's how it is. You're dealing with people, you're dealing with facts, and the facts don't necessarily change, but how they're presented change. Witnesses change over time, right? People's memories change of how things happened. Okay, so there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. Okay, but understand this. It's a win. Okay, it's a win all day long. 30 years plus life in prison, no parole. Benefit for the third guy in all of this, right? So let's look at that real, real quickly, is that he now gets to have a trial all by himself, right? And, and what, what happened here in the first trial was all three of the guys were tried together. And the third guy, the guy in back, the guy who, I don't want to say he wasn't involved, because he was involved, he just had the least amount of involvement in it. And he, they, the, the judge in the original case, the state case, wouldn't let him have his case tried separately. Now that the other two have accepted plea deals, he now has free reign to have a trial all by himself on the federal level. Okay. So, and, and it could, you could have a different outcome there because you could, it's likely on the third person who wasn't right up in front there that you could say, well, it wasn't a hate crime on his part because he, he wasn't acting in that way. He was assisting those other two, right? I, look, I, I think it still falls along the lines of the U.S. Code for hate crime. I do. But could you make the argument? Sure. Absolutely. So that's that's what I see on that. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll come back if there's an update on the third person. It may just go away quietly. Simple trial. Boom, boom, done. A little bit of fed time, then off to, to state prison. And uh, that could be that. But anyway, that is the catch up on the Ahmad Arbery case. And it is the Law Father podcast. Check us out on all of our social media. Thank you all who join us on TikTok. I really do uh, appreciate all of you. And check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Law Father out.